Welcome. We're so glad that you've joined us for our service online. And of course, it is the first Sunday of Advent. And we are beginning our journey towards Christmas and celebrating the birth of our Saviour, who came to bring peace, to bring joy, to bring salvation to the world. Emmanuel, God with us. And that is the power of Christianity, is the fact that God is with us. And as we move through this Christmas uh, season, what I do know is this, is that Advent and Christmas in this current time is so important. Because when we're in a time of change, when we are in a time of pandemic, when, when we hear of so much bad news and difficult circumstances, we need to anchor ourselves in the right place. And of course, in the ancient world, with the Roman Empire ruling over Israel, with tyranny and darkness and pain, it was then in the most difficult time that a star appeared, that a son was born, that Jesus Christ came into the world, born there. We know the, the story so well to bring hope. And so we want to celebrate this hope on this first Advent Sunday and give, give the Lord all the praise. So I'm going to hand over to our worship team. And as we start to worship, just allow the Lord to speak to you Allow the Lord to minister to you. And I know that he will bring comfort and bring peace in these days.
Cry to find. 
powerful words what life changing words when we think of the power of Christ that enables us to stand to stand to hold on to him as we consider the first weekend of Advent hope we want to think about the hope that was given to the world the hope in our own lives that is gained. The hope that changes our hearts. In fact, Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And when you receive him as your Lord and Saviour, that hope comes into your life and truly transforms who you are. The people walk in darkness. And have seen a great light. And those living in the land of darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born. To us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. No end. And so we thank you, Lord, for the gift of hope in our lives. And we thank you that we can know that a great light has come into the world and that your governance, your kingdom, will last forever. Lord, we give you thanks for that. We light this candle and remember that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world.
So this is how it was, a silent night like any When heaven sent the one, the one that we would call our Savior, and redemption began in a stable in Bethlehem. All of the angels lifted up their voices and filled the
when hope came down. That is the reality that we know in our salvation, that hope came down. And at this moment, we're going to pause, as we always do, to remember our Lord in communion. To take a moment to break the bread and to give thanks to God for all that Christ achieved. I always think of salvation like this. It's God's kingdom is like a mighty castle. It's glorious, it's beautiful, but it, you can't get into it only through one way. And that is through an entrance point called the cross. And all that Christ did upon the cross enabled us to walk over, if you like, that drawbridge into the palace of the kingdom of God to receive salvation, to enjoy the banquet feast, to celebrate the Lamb. But that way into God's kingdom only came because of Christ's death. And we remember his body that was broken for us. We remember how he gave his life for us. And so, Lord, we thank you uh, for this bread. And we thank you that it represents your body. And we remember the price that you paid and all that you did for us to purchase our way of salvation. So bless it, Lord, we pray. This is the body of Christ, broken for you. Eat it in remembrance of him. In the same manner, he took the cup and poured out the wine and said, this is the blood of the new covenant that takes away the sins of the world. Maybe you feel shame. Maybe you feel guilt. Maybe you feel as if there's no forgiveness and you'd like to find a way to feel that weight that is on your shoulders lifted off. Well, I remember that moment when I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my life and become Lord, to forgive me of my sins. I walked out of that moment into the world different, forgiven, cleansed, renewed, changed. Lord, we thank you for your blood. The blood of Christ that takes away the sins of the world. Wow, what a way to begin our Advent season. What a way to celebrate. And thank you to the... Uh, to the band and for them leading us so well. And we're so blessed and we're excited about what God is doing at this time as we prepare as a church to reach out, to make a difference. And so um, we're going to hand over now to the Willow One News and then over to your campuses where you can connect and hear the word of God being preached on this first Advent Sunday. Hello, Willow Park Church. My name is Courtney. Thank you for joining us for Church Online. Here is your family news. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m., we hope that you will join us for Willow One Prayer Online. 
As a church, it's so important that we seek the Lord during this time and pray about our Christmas outreach, including the gift of Christmas and Living Nativity on the Move. For more information on how to connect and pray along with us, visit willowparkchurch.com slash willow1prayer. Even though we're not able to meet for in-person church this weekend, we're hopeful that we can meet together for Christmas Eve. This year, South and Highway 33 will be gathering together on Christmas Eve with seven service times to choose from, and you can attend in person or online. New this year is that we will be offering three special family-friendly services in the gym at Highway 33 at 1 o'clock, 2.30, and 4.30 p.m., which we are calling Messy Church. You can register for one of these kid-friendly services by selecting one of the Messy Church options on the registration form. In Lake Country, we will be having two Christmas Eve services at 2.30 and 4 p.m. in the community gym at George Elliott Secondary School. You can register today for any of our Christmas Eve services at willowparkchurch.com slash Christmas Eve. Did you know that we offer a free monthly subscription box for all of our Willow Park kids to enjoy? Inside, you will find crafts, activities, family challenges, and more that make Kids Church Online just a little more fun and interactive. What's even better is we deliver the box right to your door once a month. Registration is now open for our Winter Box subscription, and you can sign up today on our website. Please note that even if you signed up for our previous Fall Boxes, you will need to re-register for the Winter Boxes. Learn more at willowparkchurch.com slash kidsbox. This Wednesday night at 7 p.m., we are having a special online youth event for all of our youth, grades 6 to 12. It's Oscars night, and you don't want to miss out on all the awesome videos our youth have put together. And of course, the announcement of this year's winner. Learn more at cahoots.ca slash live. It's definitely looking a lot like Christmas here at Willow Park Church. Plans are well underway to bring the sights and sounds of living nativity to neighborhoods around Kelowna and Lake Country. We are still needing a few more volunteers to help make this event happen. We need carolers, mannequins, a setup crew, and a construction crew. You can sign up today at willowparkchurch.com volunteer. That's all for your family news. Thanks and enjoy your service. I'm amazed. I'm amazed at the excitement in the community about this appeal. And it's been wonderful to see the way that people have called in at the church. Uh, the staff have been amazed to see the buy-in from our congregation. It's been wonderful. Not to mention how grateful the agencies are that we are willing to partner with them. Like uh, the Gospel Mission, our Metro Community, the Food Bank, uh, the Shelters and the Pregnancy Care Centre. What a difference we are making. Okay, it's the 29th. So we've got all our stockings in, here they are. Now the 29th, the first day of Advent, is you have the opportunity to come, pick a stocking up, and then fill it and make a difference. And if you're in Rutland, you can come here into the gym on the Sunday mornings, and you can grab your stocking and then go and fill it. And for other locations, this is how it's going to work.
At the south location, we're going to have the roundabout ready. And Nicole Messenberg is going to be waiting there between 9 and noon every Sunday for the next three Sundays to give you a stocking and to take back the stocking. And then Jeremy's going to be opening up his garage with stockings if you're in Lake Country and you can meet with him and grab a stocking there or bring back a stocking. So we're going to have three different ways for, for all the campuses to participate. So when you arrive to come and get your stocking, there'll be a couple of things there. First of all, on the stocking will be the name of the organization that you are choosing to support. Secondly, inside that stocking, gets even better, there will be the list of items that you will go and purchase. And also there's a card that you will receive uh, where it says that you donated to this or on behalf of somebody you love or somebody in your family, you donated uh, this stocking for this appeal. This is your opportunity, shoppers, to use your gift. Now, you didn't know that shopping could be a spiritual gift. Well, you're going to have the gift of generosity. So what you can do is take your stockings, go and shop and enjoy that, and then bring them back to us. We need them all back by December the 13th. So you have between the 29th and the 13th to shop to your drop and to make a difference. You know, we are so blessed as a church to be able to engage in this. And I look forward to the way that God is gonna use these acts of generosity for his kingdom to share the love of Jesus to the world. Let me say in advance, thank you. Thank you so much for your support with this appeal. Good morning. Good morning, Willow Park Church. As we're here again, sitting in our living rooms, we're here celebrating, celebrating what is finally coming. It might even be here, can we say it, Christmas time. Could you imagine all those months ago, last March, where we were just stopping and waiting and thinking, oh my goodness, is this ever going to end? And it really, it hasn't ended. But what's happening now is it's the pre, the longest pre-run up to Christmas and living memory is finally here. You know, I remember I was at Costco in August, August 31st. And I know Costco is not a good gauge because they always do things early. But I was at Costco on August 31st and there was Christmas decorations up already in August. People were excited and waiting. We went yesterday up to Postal for annual grab a Christmas tree. And we got one, and we came down the hill, and we came down the mountain, back down, and got some, got some snacks. And then we decided we had to go to Superstore. And so we had the Christmas tree on the top of the van, kind of like any kind of Christmas movie you might see. And as we were driving down Highway 97, you have one of those, there's, there's just random people sometimes that walk on Highway 97. Definitely no sidewalks, they just walk there. And this one guy was like, thumbs up, he was so excited. And I'm like, what's going on? I was like, is my tree falling off my roof? I don't know what's happening. And then we got into Superstore and actually had kind of forgotten. And there was this lady with this, I hate to see it, say it, but she had this goofy smile. And I'm like, what is she looking at? And it looked like she was just looking right over my head into the abyss. And I said, Liz, why does she have that goofy smile on her face? And she said, because there's a Christmas tree on the roof of the car. And there was genuinely loads of people excited about that we had a Christmas tree. Because people are excited that Christmas is finally here. Because we have been waiting, and we have been waiting, and what we've been waiting for is so, so, so good, but we didn't even know it. Today we will be reading 
and talking about waiting on Jesus. And we're first going to be talking about Psalm 25, verse 1 to 3. We're just going to read through this and then talk about Advent. So Psalm 25, verse 1 to 3. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. No one who hopes in Jesus, no one who hopes in God will ever be put to shame. As we have waited since March during this pandemic, as we have waited for something to hope for, if we've been hoping in Christ, if we've been hoping in Jesus, we will not be put to shame. That's what Advent is. Advent is waiting. I have this Christian calendar Salt of the earth, and, and I, was fl- I got it last year, and, and I was flipping through, and I got to the end of November, and I thought, I would just flip over. I should have known this, but I flipped over, and the calendar year was done, because today is our Christian New Year. So, Happy New Year, I suppose, I could say. So I had to order my new calendar. I got my new calendar in finally. So, so we got this new calendar. This is the beginning of the Christian calendar. What the Christian calendar is, is not like one of those Christian calendars that have nice C.S. Lewis quotes on it and the odd joke on it for 365 days a year, which are lovely calendars, by the way. But the Christian calendar revolves around Christmas time and Holy Week and Easter time. And so, of course, Advent is the beginning. But as Christians, we always wait before we celebrate. Good Friday, we wait. We'll wait for Jesus to rise. We have to wait. And at Advent, this is the season of waiting. But here's the problem. We don't like waiting. Waiting is not having. Waiting assumes a kind of poverty. Waiting indicates that there's some reason I can't have something. And that waiting in our mind is reflected on us. If we lack, if we wait, if we are having to wait for someone, it means that we are not powerful enough and we don't have control and we don't have the ability to control that thing. If you're at the, do- at the doctor's office and you're told to wait, then you have to wait for them to say to go. And that's very difficult for us, but we have to wait. Remember the first time that you went shopping? Remember the first time that you were traveling and, 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 and walking to Home Depot or Costco or Savon and probably waiting in line for toilet paper, you had to wait. And you had to decide, is this something I'm willing to wait for? Now, toilet paper, yes, that is something that we are all willing to wait for. However, other things we had to decide, is it appropriate for me to wait this amount of time? Our waiting is the embarrassment of asking a maitre d' for a table to, for two while we wait for our date. You know, like in the movies where you stop and you wait, and there's a, a rose on the table, and you're waiting for your date, and you wait, and you wait, and you wait. When we wait on Jesus, we will not be put to shame. When we wait on God, we will not be put to shame. But what are we waiting for? Are we waiting for a moment? Are we waiting for something that we've predetermined is something really good for us? Are we waiting on an event or an occurrence or something that we think is better? Are we waiting on God? And here's the thing. When we wait and we put our hope in Jesus, He has so much better in store for us. You know the verse, Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9, it says this, For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. And the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, 
and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. The good news is, is that when God does finally show up, when God does finally show up and we've been waiting for him, it is so much better than we ever understood. It is so much better than we ever thought possible. So this season of Advent is waiting and waiting for the best and the brightest, and that is God's Son, Jesus. And the world waits along with us. So what we're going to do today is we're going to walk through Luke chapter 1. And Luke chapter 1 is probably the most Advent-oriented chapter that, that is in the Bible. It really talks to, speaks to the moments preceding the birth of Jesus. And so this is what we're talking through today. So I'm going to read through this and kind of bring out some points about Luke chapter 1. And hopefully, hopefully we'll be encouraged today. So there's about four different uh, characters, maybe five actually. There's Herod, Zechariah, Elizabeth, Israel. There's also uh, Gabriel, the angel of the Lord. And we're going to be talking through this today. So it starts off like this. If you want to turn your Bibles at home to Luke chapter 1, maybe the Christmas tree is already set up in your living room, and you can just kind of look at that while we read through it. And, uh, and let's be encouraged by this. So Luke chapter 1, it starts off like this. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, in verse 5. The story of Luke begins the dark days of the Roman occupation of Judea. It was the days of Herod the king. Herod had become king in 37 B.C. Herod had become king because he had rendered a great military service to the Roman Empire, and the Roman Senate awarded him kingship over Judea. And for the first time in centuries, in centuries, the Israelites finally had a king. You know Jeremiah. Jeremiah was the prophet of the end times, but he was the prophet of the end times of the second destruction of the temple, the second temple. And as after that second destruction, there has not been a king until the Romans now gave the Jewish people a king. So finally the Jewish people had this king, but the thing is, this king was not actually who the Jewish people wanted. The pious Jews were not waiting for this. Herod was great, but only in ambition and pride. He was a thoroughly debauched man and immoral and angry and not someone the Jewish people had actually hoped for. The problem is, is when you have a king, it's not kind of like our elections where you're like, oh, my guy or my girl didn't win. And now I've got to wait four years until we can try again. No, no. What happens when you have a king is a King Herod comes in, and if, if he's a great person, awesome. If he's not so great, then you're in trouble because Herod is now king, and then nepotism takes over, and Herod's son is king, and then Herod's son's son is king. And if you've got a bad seed, you've got a bad seed for a long time. So the Jewish people's hope was crushed and dashed when they were hoping for a king that would save them and for the Jewish people. And when the Romans gave them this debauched tyrant, things were disappointing, to say the least. So what's happening is, is, is we, we have Herod, and we, they're waiting for a real king, but he's not come yet. And then we move on to Zechariah. And this is what it talks about. There was a priest named Zechariah, and there was a, this was a country priest. He lived in the sticks, a country priest. He and his wife Elizabeth, they're both from the tribe of Aaron. And so this is a priestly tribe, as that is why they were country priests. And when they were told that Zechariah, and we are told that Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous and blameless. But you see, their blamelessness did not lead to blessing, at least in the world's eyes. Of course, when Zechariah and Elizabeth were, were first married, they were hopeful and hoping for a child. 
but they didn't have this child. They didn't get this child. They didn't get this blessing. And of course, you can be blameless, but in those times when you did not have a child, people held that against you. People held that against you, and they said, that person is shamed, or that person doesn't have what, what God wants them to have. That, that must, they must have done something. So these years that they prayed for a child, they turned into decades, and it was difficult. It's not right, but shame was placed on Elizabeth. So what happens is, as you can probably guess, there's been a theme in the Bible up until this point with barren women. Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, all barren, but all became mothers of patriarchs. Elizabeth and Zechariah are getting well beyond their years, and then it happened that Zechariah's division was called upon to take on the job in Jerusalem during the Passover. This was their big chance. This was them their priesthood, their area, their, their, their place that they served in was called to the big time to go to Jerusalem and to serve as priests. See, this didn't happen to most priests. This, this kind of moment didn't happen to everyone. And there was thousands of people eligible. So their tribe got called in and their group got called in. And then they cast lots and they roll the dice, essentially. And Zechariah gets chosen. Out of all the thousands of people that could have got chosen, he gets chosen. He gets excited. He walks home, and he's so excited this has finally happened. He gets home to Elizabeth, tells them the good news. They've had a life that's been hard and difficult, and finally something is coming up. It's so good. He's practicing his prayers. He's practicing his liturgy. How is it going to go? He's heard all the stories about when you go into the temple and when you offer the incense, what it looks like, what happens. This is his once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So they're excited. He gets in there, he goes in, and he walks in. And as he gets in there, there's hundreds of prayers and worshipers outside waiting for him to go in. He's heard the stories, and he walks in, and there's an angel of the Lord standing there. And he's like, oh no, what have I done? This is not in the storybooks. This is not what people told me was going to happen. I heard you're going to go in there, you're going to say your prayers, and you're going to offer the incense, and you're going to get out of there. And phew, finally, job is done. I have not heard of this angel of the Lord standing there. So he was afraid. What have I done? What have I done to deserve this? And the angel of the Lord says this. He says, don't be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayers have been heard. Your prayers have been heard. Probably about 37 to 40 years before this time, because now we know Zechariah and Elizabeth are barren in years. They were probably married around 40 years ago. And that time they had a prayer, and they had one prayer for a baby. And the angel of the Lord doesn't say, your prayers have been heard, your prayer has been heard. Your one prayer. Not all the prayers that you're bringing in from all the people, not all your prayers throughout your life. He knows there's one prayer that has been heard. There's one prayer that has been heard. I want to tell you a story about when we moved to Kelowna, and, and maybe many of you know it, um, about when we didn't have a house to live in. We, we had no place, and, and we, were, we were kind of between places with a young family, and we were, we were scared and confused. And so we prayed, and we prayed, and prayed. For months and months and months, we prayed for a house, and it never happened. And then one day, my daughter Sayla had it, angel come into her dream at night, do a backflip and say, your prayer is heard, 
You have a house. It's ready for you. So she got excited, and she came up to us. She was probably, I don't know, eight years old at this time. She came up to us. She said, Mom, Dad, I had a dream, and there was an angel that came to me in my dream and said, our house is ready. And I pulled the Zechariah, and I'm like, what? This is not true. I'm like, why is this happening? Why, why would God now send an angel to only to disappoint my daughter? But God is bigger, and God is better. And God heard her prayer. God heard our prayer. Our very specific prayer. We had to wait. That Tuesday, I came up to the church. Steve Johnson was there, and he's like, I got to talk to you. And I said, like, I got to talk to you. And we talked to each other, and there's a person that had a house that, that needed some fixing up, but we found it, and we got to it. And eventually, that week, that Wednesday, that house was ours. Because that prayer had been heard. Perhaps you have a prayer that you feel like God has not heard. This story of waiting, this Advent season, I need you and I want you to know and I want to know and I need to be encouraged that your prayer, my prayer, has been heard. Whether it's a relationship issue, whether it's a family issue, whatever your prayer is, your prayer has been heard and God is working and God is behind the scenes and he wants to bless you and he wants to love you. Then the angel said this, do not be afraid. What accompanies God's presence more than him saying, don't be afraid? When you're waiting for your prayer to answer, don't be afraid. When you come into God's presence, don't be afraid because his grace is so good. His love is so good. He loves you and cares for you. Hebrews 13 verse 6 says this, So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Philippians 4, verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. You present your requests, your prayer has been heard. Do not be anxious about anything. It's hard at this time. Your money is tight. Things are tight. Things are, things are not going as well. The lockdowns happened again. We're alone. We're, we're lonely. But don't be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. Cast all your anxieties on him, for he cares for you. Cast your cares on him. Take a moment. Just stop and cast your cares on him. Anxieties worries, fears, cast them on him. He knows how to deal with it way better than we know how to deal with it. And then finally, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We are made perfect in love, so we have not fear. Because perfect love, God's perfect love drives out fear. So don't be afraid. Your prayers have been heard. And then we get to the final character in this story, Elizabeth. Verse 23, when, the, his, when his time of service was completed, he returned home. Zechariah returned home. After his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion, the Lord, she said this, the Lord has done this to me, she said. And these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. As we wait in Advent, 
We are waiting for our disgrace to be taken away. The world waits for its disgrace to be taken away. We live in a life that is disgraceful. We live in a life of shame because of what we've done, and we are sinners, and we all have something that we think we need to be ashamed of. But God's perfect love drives out fear. God's perfect love drives out shame. The shame that Elizabeth had walking through life without a baby and people putting that on her saying, she's done something wrong, you've done something wrong, Stop, Jesus says. Your shame is gone. And as we wait for God, as we wait for His good and perfect love, you need to know today, I need to know today, that your shame is gone. Whatever you've done, whatever situation you've found in yourself, whatever you've had happen to you, your shame is gone. Because God's love, God's cross, God's redemption is for you. Elizabeth represents Israel. Oh, wait. I've got a verse for you before that. At this time, I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame. I will gather the exiles. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they have suffered shame. God's coming to take away our shame. God's coming to to take away all the pain that we have. This is what we're waiting for at Christmas time. And then she represents Israel waiting for redemption. Israel is waiting for redemption. Israel is waiting for something good. They have been without a king for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. And then Herod comes onto the scene, and it's not the king they're waiting for, but they're waiting for God's good kingdom, his good love, his good merciful power, his love, his care. They're waiting for God's good kingdom. Elizabeth represents this. And God's shame, God's love takes away the shame says this in Isaiah 44, verse 22, I have swept away your offenses like a cloud. Your sin like the morning mist returned to me, for I, have re- for I have redeemed you. You look over Okanagan Lake on a summer, summer morning, kind of like the springtime, there's a bit of a mist, and that warm wind blows it away, and it's a clear, beautiful day. Our shame is gone. Our wandering is gone. Our disgrace has been taken away. You know, Jeremiah refers to God as being divorced from Israel. The disgrace has happened, the separation has occurred, but the renewal and restoration is coming through Jesus. And see, the thing is, the world waits for the gift of Christmas. As we celebrate Advent this year, as we wait through Advent, I should say, and we wait to celebrate at Christmas time, The world waits along with us. And that's why we're doing this gift of Christmas this year. Because we want to be able to give the gift of Christmas to people outside of our doors. Every year we have a fantastic presentation, Living Nativity. And that has blessed people for years. And it will bless people for years to come. But this year we had to change. This year we had to do something different. And what we wanted to do is wanted to go out and to love people and give gifts to people and share God's love through the gift of socks, through the gift of singing, hopefully, We'll see how Bonnie works with us. I'm sure it'll be great. Through the gift of mission, through the gift of going out and loving our neighbor and loving them as much as we can. We are so excited to do that. So that's why we're doing this this year is because we want to be able to bring that celebration, that hope. The world waits for something, but they don't know what they wait for. We know what we've been waiting for. So we read this again. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame, nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. 
The world needs to know what they're hoping for. There's an empty box inside their heart, and there's an emptiness inside of our hearts, and God wants to fill that, whatever we've been waiting for. Because hope is coming. Phil read in the Advent reading earlier, and I'm just going to say this one part of it. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The world and us think we know what we're waiting for. We think we have it sorted out. But God is so much better. And this gift that he wants to bring, and as he partners with us this Christmas to bring the gift of Christmas, he wants to bring wonderful counselor, a mighty God, everlasting Father, and a Prince of Peace to this world. That is the gift of Christmas that we're waiting for. So as we wait through Advent, pray into these things. Pray into hope, pray into peace, pray into love, and be that bringer of love and peace and hope to our neighborhood. I'm so excited for this season. Finally, it's here. Finally, Christmas is here. Finally, we can celebrate. Get those trees up. Get those decorations up. Celebrate. Get on Zoom with your family and tell them how much you want to give them a hug. But if you can't give them a hug, just tell them how much you love them. And understand that this is the best time of year because it signifies the beginning of the Christian calendar. Happy New Year. And as we wait for Him, we wait for goodness. I'm going to be here at the church at Highway 33 all the way until 12.30 today. Please come here, get some stockings so you can fill those stockings and take them out and fill them for someone that needs to have a bit of love this Christmas. God bless you all. Happy Advent.